a lot of women are essentially, oh, you're in menopause or premenopause or mm. perimenopause, and you're going to start experiencing hot flashes or headaches or regular periods or blood clotting or heavy periods, so certainly irregularities. I mean, a, a series of things are going to start happening that are going to look like a stress system. And, mm. and everyone's always told, oh, you're going to have a hot flash. You know, you need to take estrogen. It's a lack of estrogen is what that looks like, which is essentially not true. Um, what we, we actually do know is that it, it, cortisol is normally rising during a hot flash and that there are studies showing that actually because we know that sugar in itself can lower cortisol, that, sh that sugar in itself can be a form of treatment for somebody that is going and having hot flashes. Um, so it, it is all of these things like a hot flash or a sign of your systems under stress. And, and I think in the medical communities and different worlds, we like to label them as premenopause, perimenopause, menopausal. Essentially what it is, is, is as you're getting older and you might have more stress in your life or an accumulation of maybe not taking care of yourself or an accumulation of a poor diet or accumulation of just adding things onto your plate or accumulation of you just not taking care of you and everybody else is um, ahead of you and what you should be taking care of, which is so many women, your body is gonna start breaking down. And again, if we aren't properly nourished or we aren't properly fueled, it can happen quite early, right? That's why you hear about women um, in their 30s or late mm. 30s that go through menopause. And mm. they're like, you know, what is happening there? Why is these, mm. and it's happening more frequently than it certainly used to. And it's just a sign that, you know, those bodies are under a severe amount of stress and your body cannot uh, provide enough energy to essentially have a cycle. Welcome to the Win It Life podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can break free from restrictive diets and build a body you love. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and your host for this episode. Today I'm joined by our good friend and author of How to Heal Your Metabolism, Kate Deering. Now we attract women of all ages into our Win It Life program, but a large chunk of them are in their 40s and 50s, with many of them suffering from perimenopausal and menopausal symptoms. Things like hot flushes, night sweats, mood swings, vaginal dryness, and weight gain. Through diet and lifestyle changes, we've not only helped them improve all of their symptoms, but also lose weight. And they didn't have to cut sugar, carbs, or dairy, or do a ton of cardio to get these results. I'll drop a few links in the show notes to interviews with clients who successfully overcome their symptoms and lost weight, so you can watch them after the podcast. Now, Kate's almost 50 years old, and I turned 40 in January. So we decided to sit down and talk about what is actually happening in the body during this time, the misconceptions surrounding it, what your doctor didn't tell you, and how to support your body during this time of life. Specifically, we discuss what is perimenopause, what is menopause, symptoms of perimenopause and menopause, and what is actually going on, what hormones increase and decrease under stress, how certain diets over-exercising and more can cause stress in the body, the estrogen misconception, hormone replacement therapy, the importance of progesterone, what women in perimenopause and menopause do to support their bodies foods that are beneficial for women during this time, why gradual change is the key, how and why strength training is beneficial during perimenopause and menopause, and being realistic when it comes to the time it takes to improve these symptoms. 
So if you're a woman who's suffering from perimenopausal or menopausal symptoms, you'll absolutely love this episode. And as always, don't forget to take a screenshot and share your biggest takeaways on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D. Let's spread the word and free other women from restricted diets. Hi, Kate. Welcome back to the podcast. Kate Deering, author of How to Heal Your Metabolism, probably needs no introduction. You know, if you follow me. Thanks for having me as always. And, you know, a bit of a saga we've had. We've been on for two hours having a bit of a catch-up, but also internet issues that I've been having. And if you can hear the bird chirping in the background, it's because I'm actually sitting outside on our deck because we've moved into this new place and there's no NBN and we have to put in this application. It's going to be two to three months. So the only place where I can do podcasts where we get good reception when I hotspot to my phone is on the deck. And I've been gradually, haven't I, been moving out of the sun because the sun's creeping over and then the phone got hot and we got interrupted halfway through. So we've just had this huge, yeah, it's, but we've persisted, haven't we? Yeah. I think I've gone into menopause since we've been <laughs> on this call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long, stressful two hours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, had okay. a good, we had a good hour and a half catch up, like we always do. And uh, then... <laughs> Then we've just had half an hour of trying to record the podcast, but third time lucky, you know, we're yeah, going to get this done. This. We're going to do it. So perimenopause, menopause. So we get we typically get lots of women in our program in their, in their 40s and 50s going through perimenopause, menopause, and I get lots of questions. Um, and, yeah, I just thought let's do, a, let's do a podcast dedicated to that. You know, Kate's in the zone. Kate's 50. We're, ex- we're nearly exactly 10 years apart. Got a, I got a handful of months till that big day, but it's yeah. coming. Because I was 40. Yeah, I'm 40. Am I 40? I'm 40. I was 40 on January the 27th. And so you're yeah, 26. 26. So I'm, maybe I'm nine, we're years. nine years. Nine years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're one yeah. day apart. Yeah. It's sort nine of the same day with the time difference, isn't it? Not really, but. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it is the same day actually with the time difference. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah, we just thought what a great opportunity to get on and talk about menopause and you know what's actually happening to your body. Some of the misconceptions, uh, you know, a lot of women uh say they go to the doctor and the doctor's told them that um it's the lack of estrogen that's causing their symptoms and they prescribe them HRT. So we thought we'd talk about that and then, you know, how you can support your body, nutrition, how to train. Uh, so, yeah, lots of cool stuff to talk about. So maybe first, Kate, can you actually explain, you know, what is perimenopause? What is menopause? Right. So perimenopause is always referred to probably the first couple, the, the, the years prior, the couple of years prior to menopause. There's a perimenopause of those couple of years and there's like a pre-menopause, which will considered possibly 10 to 15 years before menopause, where many women start to experience some uh, cycle irregularities. And then of course there's many, many <laughs> menopause. <laughs> yeah. It's been, a, it's been a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've eaten like three times since we've been yeah. on this call. So menopause is then the end of your cycle. Usually they refer to that you're in or through menopause after one year of not having your period. And so that would be the end of your cycle completely. Um, but yeah, that's the, the general definitions of what all those things are. Mm. So, you know, um, in perimenopause, women will start to have cycles where they don't actually ovulate, which means that they're not making progesterone, which means that estrogen can 
um, become dominant. Um, so maybe could you talk a bit more about that and as well perhaps talk a little bit about this a woman's cycle because I think you know we talked about this before a lot of women they don't really understand their cycle and what's happening and what's normal and what's abnormal yeah so you you essentially have like four parts of your cycle so you have your follicular phase which usually is estrogen is rising during that period of time then you have your ovulation um which is basically the most fertile time of your cycle that's when you the corpus luteum will produce essentially uh progesterone and then so the luteal phase, you'll have that increase of progesterone. And then, of course, you'll have your period. Um, <clears throat> so usually that luteal phase is when you will have a spike in progesterone. And, of course, if you have the egg drop and it's not fertilized, then, you, of course, then you have your period. Um, but for some women who don't have ovulation, and so if you don't have ovulation, then that means you're essentially not producing the progesterone. You are going to be severely estrogen dominant during that luteal phase. Now, Interesting enough, it seems that a lot of doctors, because they just assume that progesterone is higher during the latter part of your cycle, that if you start having um, PMS issues or some sort of hormonal issues in the latter part of your cycle, that it must be due to progesterone. And so for a lot of people that they're actually given estrogen or more estrogen in that latter part of your cycle to help regulate them, or they're given a combination of both. But it seems very interesting because, you know, during that latter part of the cycle is when most people are going to experience estrogen dominance, even though it is when progesterone should be higher. But yep. as we know, through stress, you know, and again, uh, perimenopause or premenopause doesn't have to be a certain period of time premenopause. It's, it's literally when stress starts affecting a woman mm-hmm. um, and maybe they don't, they're not as uh, resilient to stress. And a big part of where you can see that be affected is in their cycle. Or the, like I said, we refer to that as their, their fifth vital sign. Mm-hmm. We have all these other signs that we're in good health, as we always talk about through the metabolic world, right? Temperature and pulse, um, having good digestion, having a healthy libido, certainly a pain-free period. And that's part of your health. And so if your period is irregular, whether it's your premenopause, perimenopause, or you're 25, then that essentially is saying something that you're, there's something going on in your system that needs to be uh, addressed and corrected. Mm. And um, yeah, can you talk more about too, you know, some of the symptoms that women experience um, when they're going through perimenopause and menopause? Because if everything's good and normal you should just go through menopause right and should be relatively asymptomatic you shouldn't be getting all these hot flushes and um night sweats and all these other symptoms that typically they're told that are normal right yeah yeah a lot of women are essentially oh you're in menopause or premenopause or Mm. perimenopause and you're going to start experiencing hot flashes or headaches or regular periods or blood clotting or heavy periods so certainly irregularities. I mean, a, a series of things are going to start happening that are going to re- re- look like a stress system. And, mm. and everyone's always told, oh, you're going to have a hot flash. You know, you need to take estrogen. It's a, a lack of estrogen is what that looks like, which is essentially not true. Um, what we, we actually do know is that it, it, cortisol is normally rising during a hot flash and that there are studies showing that actually, because we know that sugar in itself can lower cortisol, that that sugar in itself can be a form of treatment for somebody that is going and having hot flashes. Um, So it it is 
all of these things like a hot flash or a sign of your system's under stress. And, and I think in the medical communities and different worlds, we like to label them as pre-menopause, perimenopause, menopausal. Essentially, what it is, is, is as you're getting older and you might have more stress in your life or an accumulation of maybe not taking care of yourself or an accumulation of a poor diet or accumulation of just adding things onto your plate or accumulation of you just not taking care of you and everybody else is um, ahead of you and what you should be taking care of, which is so many women, your body is going to start breaking down. And again, if we aren't properly nourished or we aren't properly fueled, it can happen quite early, right? That's why you hear about women um, in their 30s or late Mm. 30s that go through menopause. And they're like, you know, what is happening there? Why is these? And it's happening more frequently than it certainly used to. And it's just a sign that, you know, those bodies are under a severe amount of stress and your body cannot uh, provide enough energy to essentially have a cycle. And so Mm. it just stops. Right. And so for those women, you can, if you actually uh, have, you know, your period stop at, at, at a young age with the right nutrition and support. Um, you can certainly get that back. So let's talk about then, you know, because there'll be a lot of new new listeners, I think, what actually causes this to happen? Because so, so, obviously it's not one thing. There's many things that contribute. Can you talk about that? So there are some people, because obviously the brain, the pituitary, is signaling to the ovaries um, to essentially sending uh, the luteinizing hormone down to tell your body to ovulate and that will help produce the progesterone. So there are some theories, obviously, is this a brain issue or is this an ovaries issue? Like is the ovaries dying out and all of a sudden your ovaries aren't working anymore? And I think what we know now is your ovaries don't do that. They actually can produce hormones for long periods of time that it, it can become more of a pituitary issue that for there's something happening there, whether it's an abundance of xenoestrogens or stress or something that else can contribute to these excess of estrogens in your system that can contribute to low luteinizing hormone, which of course would contribute to you not ovulating and producing progesterone. So that is certainly a theory. And so, you know, that happens again with time and age. And right, we do know that pituitary hormones, a lot of them are increased under stress. And the one that does get affected via excess estrogens is that luteinizing hormone. And they have Mm. found that women that are not cycling or not having periods or don't have an ability to get pregnant, that that hormone is actually uh, lower. So let's talk about then, because you mentioned the word stress a lot, you know, because I think a lot of like, let's talk about what's causing this stress. So some of the things, so like restrictive diets, not eating, you know, so many of the women that come to us like me, you know, they did low carb, keto, fasting, um, you know, cutting out sugar, cutting out dairy, you know, not eating fruit. So, you know, like my diet was all, unless I was binge eating, you know, green, lots of green vegetables, nuts, seeds, lots of exercise. So you can talk about some of these stresses that are contributing. Right. And and, Mm. and I think it's good to kind of define what stress is. And I like to look at stress as anything that you are, it's a a greater need or a greater demand on your body than you are able to produce an energy to support that. Mm. So if all of a sudden there's an energy imbalance and no matter what it is, because we all know that we can have stress from a variety of different things. It can be emotional stress. It can be job stress. It can be not getting enough sleep. It certainly become nutrient mineral deficient, not enough calories adding excessive amounts of exercise or 
workload or whatever on our system. And if we aren't providing enough energy for us to do that, then what happens is our body says, hey, you know, they're not giving me enough fuel. We're going to have to divert energy. So one thing it starts doing, it says, okay, lower the consumption of what this person's using and other, other non-essential systems of the body, right? We know that your things like digestion or even hormonal production aren't essential for you to live. Certainly mm-hmm. fertility is not essential for you to live. Having a pain-free period is not essential for you to live. Certainly breathing is, and your brain function is pretty important, but these other things aren't. So they become kind of secondary third on the totem pole of getting the energy. Mm-hmm. And so they get affected first. And mm-hmm. because of that, so when you're like under stress and the body has higher demands and you're giving it, then it's going to slow down some of these systems. And of course, your hormonal system is going to be one of those. Um, another certainly thing, when we slow down um, your energy, basically your body saying, okay, we're, we're not going to give you enough energy to do all these things, like having good hormonal function and so forth. And so basically your thyroid function is going to drop. You're basically mm-hmm. going to say, oh, you know, take the pedal off. We, we can't accelerate anymore. So lower thyroid function. But mm-hmm. if you keep pushing demands on your system, then we got to keep up somehow. So what your body then does is divert and it goes, all right, we're going to start going into these stress pathways. We're going to have to start breaking down tissue to keep up with these demands that you're placing upon this. And it could be, that's when you see rises in things like cortisol and adrenaline. And of course they first will try to utilize your stored glycogen stores to produce enough energy. If that's not available, then they all break down tissue, uh, muscle, connective tissue, thymus gland, whatever it can. And then of course, they're also going to release fat into the blood to help support these additional demands on your system. Good. It's, you know, that's good because again, that keeps you alive. And that's what we see that we do want to keep you alive. But what we find is again, our systems aren't meant to stay in that, that stress state for long periods of time. It's meant to, okay, keep you alive, do what it needs to be doing. You know, just like they say, you can run from the bear. um, You get into that fight or flight, your energy, you get enough energy to do that, but then you need to rest. So you need to get out of that system. We need to revert back so your body can go into recovery and then, you know, support back to thyroid function, get you enough energy. Again, that's when a lot of times, okay, if you're in a stressful time and you're not eating, then we need to support that and refeed, give yourself enough fuel so that we can support back into getting back to that healthy cycle or system or whatever else that kind of went into decline when we weren't providing enough energy for ourselves. But what we don't do that. We just keep tapping on additional things, Mm. right? Mm. especially in today's world, especially today's women that are working and then they have children and they're trying to keep mm. a hold of the house. And they're, you know, unfortunately in the last two years, you're living in a pandemic. So they're yeah. super stressed out and, you know, and you're not getting enough sun and you're not getting enough activity yeah. and you're not getting a vacation and you're not getting any enjoyment and right. You're in a computer all day long. You keep tapping, right. All of these things are going to finally add up and they're not going away, right. You're no, mm-hmm. there's no breaks any longer. And so, yeah, we're starting to see a lot more irregularities, a lot more people that have painful periods or, or whatever that can t- continue to happen. And especially, again, the longer you do this, right, the earlier you're going to start seeing irregularities. Mm. And so that's when I say premenopause can start ha- happening you know, in your early 30s yeah. or even earlier in today's world. And I think, you know, like 
it's like not like you want to live your whole life without stress because there are some things that are good, you know, like training stress. Obviously, if you're supporting your body like you and I were talking about before and, you know, it's totally unreasonable to think you can wrap yourself in a cotton wool bud and you're going to have no stress in your life. And I don't think that's the issue. It's like we talked about. It's like so many of the women, you know, like we work with, then often when we get on the round tables, they'll just talk through their life and it's like, you know, six kids working, you know, there's some issues with the partner, then they're not eating enough food, you know, then they're trying to train, you know, so it's it's just this, like you said, living in this chronic state of stress. Um, yeah, again, we look at stress, yeah, as, as an increased demand, right? So it, you can have workouts and we don't perceive them, even though it is an energy withdrawal from your system to do a workout or to work or do whatever. I mean, obviously we're not going to just sit at home and do nothing and just be mm. like, oh, I'm stress-free. I don't, I don't do anything. Mm. Um, we're not meant to do that. We're human beings. We're meant to grow and learn and adapt yeah. and so forth. So it, we want these additional things to help us grow. It's just when we don't support them, Mm. that's when the problem and that's when it's considered more of a stress because now you're doing something and not providing enough energy fuel rest or recovery to support Mm. it and Mm. so you're going to start seeing breakdowns in the system and Mm. usually you'll see them right i mean i would say my two primary things especially with women that i see when i work with them are gi issues and hormonal issues period Mm. issues cycle issues right those are the two main things now there are like others, but because they're kind of down lower on the totem pole of what is um, where your energy is going to go when you Mm. start doing eating less or doing less or having too much stress that you can't support it. Mm. And I think, you know, like we've talked about this before, when you're younger, you're a lot more resilient. You know, I think about all of the stupid shit that I did to myself or Winston's barking. Sorry, you can hear him in the the background. The bird's body chirping, Winston's barking. Yeah. (laughs) Great Lots podcast. Of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like I think, you know, you and I talk about this often. And I, I just say to crap, like, you know, we we walk through surface every day now and we walk past this apartment high surf that I lived in when I was like 19 to 21. And geez, I partied hard and ate fuck all and smoked cigarettes and worked and studied and just had no sleep. And, you know, I think about doing that now, you know, like when you're younger, you're a bit more resilient, I think, you know, um, well, you can well, not resilient. You, just, you, you, you haven't trashed yourself. I like yeah. the way that you just haven't done as many Enough. stupid things yeah. early. Yeah. Because you, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I think if you make good decisions, I actually talked with like an 80, I think it was 85, 86 Mm. Uh, last month, because I found him so fascinating. I did, I did mm. a phone call with this gentleman because he was in such phenomenal shape. Mm. He, he had such a good outlook of life and he was still yeah. acting like he was 20 and he was 86, wow. you know? So I had to do a phone call and I'm like, you know, t- I mean, a, it's like he, he just, his mind is there to say, I can do any of this. And he wants to continue learning. Yeah. But the biggest takeaway is a, he just, he doesn't see his things as stressful. He thinks everything is like fun and I'm learning <laughs> and it's exciting. And that's, and he has a good balance of all of it, right? Yes. There's, most people do not, right? They're overdone yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they're crushing yeah. themselves and so forth. But, you know, he probably also wasn't a drug addict partier, <laughs> right? So those things step it up a notch. <laughs> that, those are good ways to accelerate aging because it's so hard in your system, mostly because you're not sleeping and it's just yeah. super taxing for your system. Um, but so many things are, right? But if, yeah. you, if you learn at an early age to support yourself, I think you can be quite 
good at 40s and 50s. I think you'll, oh. you'll get through everything much, much easier um, if you are certainly supporting yourself at these younger years, right? If you, if you, if you wait until you're 50 or 60 it's to start harder. doing it, it's going to be a lot more challenging. And that's sure. probably be, be when, yeah, when most women, like I, you know, like when we talk, when I talk to them in our program, they're like, oh, you know, they obviously they do the restrictive diets in their twenties and thirties and it works and they can drop the weight, but then over time they start to develop all these issues and it gets harder and harder and they can't stick to it. Now all of a sudden they're like, I'm just feeling like shit. I'm experiencing all these symptoms. They're like, I've got to do something now. They let it get to the point where it's like unbearable. Um, but so many, so many women, so many women do it. And I, I think it's just, yeah, like, I guess when you're younger, I just didn't care. I just, I don't know what the right words are, but I just did. I didn't think I cared about my health back then. I just cared about being skinny. I don't know. I just, I felt invincible. <laughs> I, I think ignorance can be good, but I, I just think that we had a different paradigm of, of I, I, health, I don't maybe. think we understood health. What, what mm. I didn't, I mean, I didn't really understand it. So I got into this. I just always thought health was if I could work out skinny. like a crazy person, yeah. if I was lean, not eat sugar. And I, yeah. Or, but I could just, and I, I mean, I don't think I, I felt horrible. I mean, I think until maybe a year or two into my late thirties, when I just started, you know, things weren't as good. And I kind of thought, okay, well, I guess I'm turning 40 and this is how it feels. Mm. But it, it was just a, a, I didn't think about it. Right. I, I didn't mm. understand that, you know, not having my period was a, a, technically not meaning I wasn't healthy. I just mm-hmm. didn't wrap my you know head around it. I mean, for some reason, it just didn't, didn't get there, you know, but I look good and that's what I care yeah. about. And so, you know, you do, you, you do things and I'm hoping that, you know, because we can start shifting the conversation and, mm. and kind of paying attention to different biomarkers, your period being one of those, but you know, that a healthy period should be pain-free. It should come, mm. you know, every 28 days, 30 days or whatever. Everyone can mm. be a little bit different, but mm. that's the way, and it should be well into your Certainly late 40s to 50s, the early 50s, is you can have a very healthy period way into those years. Um, and everyone, again, is going to be different. And your stress and everything is going to play a role. But if you're not having a cycle and you're 39 and you've already been through early menopause, well, you probably should take a look at that. Like, what's going yeah. on in your life? That's a little, yeah. right? Yeah. Something is happening that's severe. And it happens, right? I mean, and I, and I don't know about you. I mean, certainly in my 20s, when I was really restrictive and doing tons of cardio, I lost my period for yeah, same. Uh, the periods of time. Yeah, right? thought it was the greatest thing on earth. Um, didn't uh, didn't understand right and 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 what I thought I remember what I used to think at that time right from what we were told is oh I I'm not getting enough estrogen and this could affect my bone health that was mm. what I was told well you, sh- you need to have your period because you're not ha- you know there's not any estrogen that you're not getting mm. your estrogen released whatever and which can affect your bones which is complete BS um, mm. and so but that's was kind of the message. And I don't know if it's still being told, but people mm. think it's a, this lack of ex- estrogen, you know, and even doctors, you know, postmenopausal, they, they want to stick you on estrogen, a lot of them, so that it's for your bone health. And that's not technically correct. Um, mm. It is going to be more beneficial to you to get on some progesterone and mm. to eat well and support your system so that it can continue to regulate. Mm. So let's, um, so why, why is it then that, you know, because I hear this from women too a lot, they'll say, you know, I'm going through menopause, I'm getting all of these menopausal symptoms, the hot flushes, the night sweats, the insomnia, 
and then actually start taking HRT. So it might be estrogen, maybe a mix of estrogen, synthetic progesterone. Why is it that there's sometimes their symptoms disappear? I think a lot of it is, well, you have to remember when, when your ovaries aren't producing the hormones or a, a lot of them anymore, the, both those hormones do, do go down. And mm. progesterone helps with having estrogen, like estrogen kind of needs progesterone. Mm. And so I think the progesterone helps more of the estrogen receptors and it helps the cells become more sensitive. So when you have no progesterone, then you have no estrogen at all. And I don't want to think that estrogen is particularly bad. Mm. Um, you do need some to, to essentially, there is a purpose for it, but having an abundance of it. So I think when they replace that, other mm. than kind of really kind of fix how is your system working and do you really need more estrogen? Because as we know, as postmenopausal, your body is still producing estrogen in the tissues, in the fat tissues. Mm. And you see that in women, when they become postmenopausal, what happens to them? Their boobs start growing. They'll get something called buffalo back where they get a lot of fat tissue on their back. They, they have a lot of fat in their middle and their hips and their butt area. So they get all this fat accumulation. And part of that is from the excess estrogen, because essentially now their body doesn't have this balance of progesterone. And mm. so, and if the body is starting to go down a lot of these stress pathways, right, we're, we're not really in a good, healthy place where you have low thyroid function. Mm. And so to help your body produce energy, it goes down the stress pathways, right? Which mm. essentially means cortisol, adrenaline, increase estrogen in the tissue, lack of progesterone. And so the body starts accumulating more fat tissue. You start feeling even crappier. You start having things like hot flashes, again, which we can attribute to excessive amounts of cortisol or other stress hormones like estrogen. Um, and that's why a lot of times taking progesterone or getting on, on some progesterone can help regulate hot flashes. And of course, eating well and balancing your blood sugar um, because we definitely know that if your blood sugar is dysregulating, that's going to create stress in your system, right? Mm. Every time you have high, low blood sugars, every time you get a low blood sugar, you're going to get stress hormones elevating. Mm. And so your body's trying to figure it out, but it's using these stress pathways to regulate you, which mm. is not ideal. You're going to have symptoms from those adaptations. Can you quickly just talk about, because you touched on it there, because um, I think there's some confusion with women too around like bioidentical progesterone and progestins and how they act in the body, how they're different? So they both come from kind of the same initial product, uh, which I think you can produce them from wild yams or from soy, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. By the time they get to, to be a progestin or a progesterone, there's no soy in it essentially. But the pharmaceutical companies had changed progesterone essentially chemically so that they could patent it. It's, and mm. that's the bottom line. And so they patent this that has some progesterone properties, but it also has some estrogen properties. And so essentially what happened, of course, when they did the women health studies, um, they found that women that were on these progesterones were having increases in certain cancers. And so basically the medical community marked said all progesterone has possibilities of creating cancer, which is not necessarily true. It is not true, right? Real natural progesterone does not do that, mm. but progestins can. So, I mean, the essential difference is a, a, a change in chemical just so they could patent it period. Mm. It's certainly not better for you. It's still prescribed 
um, is it the Provera is the, is the, yeah, yeah. So the Provera is the prescribed, the most prescribed, I think, progestin, and then the Primera is the most prescribed uh, horse urine estrogen. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And you think about it, it is so bizarre that that's kind mm. of what they've done. And it, it became, you know, a multi-billion dollar industry. And then they did the studies and they found out they were killing women um, and giving them cancer. And then they came back you're, and, the, and the, the industry kind of fell off the edge. But then they brought it back saying, well, we just get, we didn't mm. give them the dose was too high. So now mm -hmm. it's, the dose is better. It's not as high. Um, they're still giving them progestins. And mm. um, because that's what's pushed. Right. Nobody's making money off natural progesterone because you can't patent it. Let's talk quickly about it before we move on to the next topic. But, um, you know, because we recommend in our for women, you know, and it's not like we say like everyone should be taking this. It's person dependent. But some of the ones that we use is we love Ray Pete's um, Progeste. Uh, some people like the cream, that honors cream that you rub on the skin. I think is there any other ones that you like? Um. I, I probably just want to say I am not a doctor. So if you yeah. opt to take a progesterone cream, probably consult with your physician. Um, you know, so I, if, if I think that somebody sh is in need of something like that, I would normally reference the progest E. I think that's mm. a pretty good quality in the vitamin E. Um, there are some ones by health natura that mm. are either an MCT oils. I mean, some people just like different ones and they, mm. you know, I think that, that People are just different and some work better for others. Um, I don't really reference any of the topical ones. And mm. so I think I've always read that you got to really put it on a lot of surface area on your skin mm. for it to absorb the best. I think that's why the progesty, because you do it on your gum lining, absorbs quite well. Mm. Uh, and of course, for the pills, because it has to go through the digestive system, you know, that, that's why those dosage are usually quite high. Because mm. I think your your gut will or your the acid in your stomach is going to to uh, destroy a lot of the progesterone. So I think you'll get like ten percent of what you're taking orally. Yeah, wow. Um, but you know, I think women should, if it's something they're interested in, they definitely should talk to their physicians and find mm. out what is right for them. If mm. it's something that you want to investigate, but you can buy it online with no prescription, um, mm. natural progesterone. So let's talk about then, you know, what should women who are, I guess, going or have hit menopause or perimenopause, you know, what should they be doing to support their bodies that's going to help them? So I will be, I mean, I'm going to turn 50. So there are, I definitely start to <laughs> have some little irregularities and I, and I can, I, I can tell that I'm more sensitive. So if I overload myself, which I still sometimes do. Um, I am just someone that will do more than maybe I should be. You know, you can definitely feel the cycle goes off. Normally what you'll notice at that stage, you, your follicular phase is usually the part that's going to be off, whether it's longer or shorter, that's the part that's going to be affected. But I mean, ultimately, you know, you, you need to make sure you're doing the basics, which is again, trying to get yourself out of the stress cycle. You know, as you get older, the more you've been in it, the more your body's going to revert to those pathways quite easily because A, maybe your, your liver isn't storing enough glycogen so that it can utilize that for your blood sugar regulation. So it's finding like, okay, kind of the, the, pro, the, the food, uh, let's say ratios or frequencies that work for you. So it's eating enough carbohydrates through the day with some protein to regulate your blood sugar and mm. adding in some good fats 
um, that have some fat soluble nutrients in it to help provide you with the nutritional um, uh, uh, foundation to help support your cycle or post cycle. So that's mainly things like as we all know, are high payoff foods, right? Like beef liver. I mean, mm. you know, beef liver is brought up continually. I know so many people dislike it. Of course, you can do a supplementation if you don't mm. enjoy it that much, but it's such a big bang for your buck. It's going to provide mm-hmm. you with so many bioavailable, bioavailable nutrients that it's hard to really get in that little bit of food. Mm. And, and I so- think you can, you know, like either you can eat it, like obviously if you can kill the cow and get it straight out of the cow fresh, that's amazing. You can eat it fresh. You can, you know, have it, sometimes I'll make it into pate, which is nice. Or, you know, we've got the saturate A-plus uh, liver capsules, which you can take too. And I think it's just find what you can do consistently and be consistent with it, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that, that, that's the probably thing that people should, this is, you've got to be consistent with your health. Right. And this is not like a diet. We always think about, oh, I'm just going to do it for 90 days so I can lose yeah. my weight and then boom. But that's not health. And your body doesn't like this inconsistency. It likes mm. consistency. It likes for you to keep supporting it. It likes nutrients. All of those things are needed in proper cellular metabolism for you to produce energy. It mm. doesn't like to be constantly and chronically under stress. It can handle it. And usually when you're, you're younger, you can deal with it better because you you just don't have the length of time that you've been abusing yourself. Mm. That's all essentially aging is. It is, as they say, just a number, but it's usually the accumulation of damage you've done to yourself repeatedly that creates the aging process and that your body's been unsupported. So you have to come to a point where I, you got to meet your body, right? Where is it at and give it the support. And depending where you're at, right at this point in time, like I said before, the two things that are going to be most affected if you're kind of, younger 30 40 that start happening is gi issues and hormonal issues and if your gi system is troubled right and that's where the entry fee of all nutrients and energy are and you're having issues there then this process may take a little bit longer because maybe you're not getting the energy properly maybe you're not getting the nutrients properly and it's just going to take a little bit of time so you kind of have to work where your issues are and then work from there and it just takes a little well not a little a good deal of time and consistency Mm. and not just throwing it all in because you're not at your ideal weight immediately. This is a a process to, for you to support yourself. And if you can chart to understand that this is how your body is going to feel better in premenopause, perimenopause, menopause, you should Mm. be able to get through it and be fine. Menopause should be actually a time of celebration. It's a, it's Mm. it's a new time of your life. Doesn't mean you're, you're going to have no sex drive at this point. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means Mm. you've come to a new phase of your life. It should be rejoiced. You know, it it, it can be an amazing time if your body is properly supported. If it's not, Mm. then you're going to, you probably have hot flashes all the time. You're going to have weight gain. You're going to be estrogen dominant. Mm. You're going to have a whole series of hell that that you've been told in your doctor's like, yep, that's normal. That's menopause. I'm like, that's not menopause. That's a Mm. system that's not being taken care of. Mm. So you're talking about, let's go back to, so we talked about liver and then I'd say probably the next thing you need to talk about is oysters. Amazing liver and oysters that we always talk about. And again, you know, if you can access fresh oysters, amazing. You can get the little tinned ones. I think a lot of people get crown prints. They're quite popular. Saturate is just about to release some, um, beautiful Tasmanian freeze-dried oyster powder, which has taken us forever to sort. Yeah, that but, is exciting. I can't wait to get Yeah, I'll, I'll send you some. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, just get get those in. 
So talk about oysters, talk about oysters. Yeah. So part of certainly, I mean, again, your cycle is a metabolic draw. It takes energy and fuel. And because it's not on the hierarchy, the top three things that your body's going to need to survive, it can be certainly affected under stress. So the more nutrition and energy your body can give, then your body's going to say, Hey, we've got enough energy to have this cycle running properly. So those high energy foods, so especially like zinc, copper, B mm-hmm. vitamins, vitamin A are certainly necessary for the cycle and for you to feel good. Mm. Um, and these are, you know, these are high nutrient foods with certainly not a lot of carbohydrates. They're just high nutrient foods that your mm. body will help and, and it are very supportive. So the, mm. the, those are good, like, as we say, supplements, um, those yeah. are good food supplements. And then of course you just need to, to meet your body wherever the stress load is, right? If you have high demands on your system, then you need to give your body plenty of energy to get through this, right? Mm-hmm. And if you have high demands on your system, you have a crappy period, or you're having tons of menopausal you know, uh, issues or premenopausal issues, you're not sleeping, then you have to go, okay, what in my life, like, I, I got to take stress off so that I can mm-hmm. start or, you know, you got to eat enough. Um, and again, again, we have to look at GI, we have to look at how your body is utilizing energy. Um, but we might just have to take some of the stress load off so that you can meet it so it can start balancing itself. And then when you feel better, doesn't mean you have to live in that state forever. You know, you body can, we want to teach you to become more resilient so that you can handle these things better. So if you add more things or more stresses on your system, you're able to provide enough fuel and energy so that you can do them and mm-hmm. not become trashed or, you know, ha- have hot flashes or whatever. Cause any woman that has had menopausal symptoms, I think can tell you that when she's under stress, they're worse. hundred percent. Right? Yeah. yeah. And even women in our program, when they've, you know, cause we, I see it all the time. Women come in on all these menopausal symptoms and they, they do all the things that we've talked about. You know, they start to eat more nutrient dense food. They eat enough. They balance their blood sugar by eating every three to four hours. They live in oysters. And maybe we can, after this talk about the carrot salad, mushrooms, bamboo shoots, that's another good, easy thing I think that you can do. Um, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, my God, my menopausal symptoms have gone. But then they'll, like, not be consistent. And then they'll get on the Facebook page and be like, oh, you know, I had a few weeks or have a long where I didn't eat consistently and I forgot to take the oysters, or the liver and the oysters. And then they're like, oh, my hot flushes. Now I've gotten back to be consistent with everything. They're yeah. gone again. Yeah. 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 And I think that's important to say that because when you start feeling better, right. And people all, and I think everyone is guilty of it. We all start feeling yeah. better. We're like, good. And then either we start adding more things on, yeah. right. Or we fall back and say, Oh, I'm going to start doing some of my stupid things. I did yeah. before Cause I can handle it. Yeah. And again, and, and you can, right. You'll find that you can do some of those stupid things and you're fine. Right. Mm. Because you are more resilient, but time and then repeatedly doing them over and over, then you're going to find out, Oh, now, uh, some of these symptoms are reappearing, right? Hmm. Right. Just because you're getting better doesn't mean you can now do everything stupid again. This is a, you know, and you might, like I said, and, and the goal always is, and I always tell people like, look, if you're having symptoms seven days a week, then in a month or whatever, the next time you have a cycle or just in general, what we're looking at is maybe, okay, now you have it three and four days a week. And to mm-hmm. the point where maybe we have you symptom free, but again, at that place in time, you know, you got to keep up with all those things, right? Mm. It, it doesn't, you are going to, you are going be to become more resilient, but you are not a superhero now that can just say, fuck it all and do whatever. And it's all going to stay good. It doesn't work that way. Now you have mm. to, now the responsibility of staying healthy is there. Now you've built this up and you got to keep at it. 
Now that's mm-hmm. part of being healthy is now the responsibility to continue to do these things, right? Because how many people you're like, I haven't doing the liver, I'm doing these things. Yeah. And then you're like, and then you they're, they're good. And then all of a sudden, oh, but I haven't done this and I haven't done that. And I'm like, look, all these things are actually important. Like you said, the carrot salad, because it's a help is a estrogen detoxifier along with mm-hmm. the cooked uh, bamboo shoots, or you actually did a, a really good um, post on all of those. Carrot mm-hmm. salad, cooked mushrooms. mushrooms yeah. Got some mushrooms on the stove at the moment. And how many times have you talked about it? You've walked away and the bloody water. And they're expensive mushrooms. So I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) Enough water in there. If you leave them on for three hours, you'll be fine. Don't burn your house down. Um, But all those things are helpful, right? They're binders. They're going to help detoxify the system, help pull things out, which you do want, right? We know having a good poop every single day is very important to help rid your body of toxins, essentially estrogens that are going to recirculate if you don't get them out of you. So those are, I mean, and they're really easy. Like that to me, like when people are like, I can't do the carrot salad. I go, look, it takes one minute. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. literally will time myself. I'm like one, two, just to see in my head. Okay. And I'll make it. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's so 27 great. seconds. Right. Yeah. I'm like, like, there's never a reason to not do these simple things because there, there's usually a big payoff. Right. And that's the thing totally. And it's oysters, a big payoff. Yeah. The oh, carrot salad is so cheap. You know, it's like it's cheapest. Yeah, it's, and it's, you know, I don't... It was liver. Liver's cheap. I like... Yeah. Liver's one yeah. of the cheapest sorts of protein sources. Oh, it's, it's crazy. Very, it very cheap. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen a lot of women get incredible... I'm not saying, you know, because we take certain supplements too and, you know, you can experiment with different supplements, but you've got to have that base first. But I've seen women get the most... have incredible transformations in our program, you know, like overcome autoimmune conditions, you know, like this, like Margie's just an example I can think of top of my head. She's like 54 now and I just love her. She's this amazing woman in our program. She's a big sister and um, she had a, I don't, can't remember the name of it, but it was like a arthritic autoimmune condition and she was taking medication, having all these menopausal symptoms before she's been in the program for like two or three years and she's come in and now she's off all her meds, in remission, you know, no menopausal symptoms. So she's gone through menopause um, and she lifts weights three days a week, you know, but yeah. she really knows how to listen to her body and when she's pushed it too hard and she just, you know, like she's become good at auto-regulating. And she hasn't done anything crazy. Like she's just taken, she takes like the food stuff, like she eats the, she couldn't actually, this is interesting, um, it's a bit of a tangent, but she couldn't get beef liver where she lives like she lives somewhere a little bit remote. So she was having lamb's liver, which is not as high in vitamin A as, it, as beef. No, nope, no. Nope. And You're she correct. noticed when, because then we bought out the saturated liver capsules and she started taking the beef and she noticed in, like a noticeable improvement in some of her symptoms, which is interesting. Um, but anyway, like she eats the carrot salad, you know, takes the collagen, does the bone broth, you know, doesn't take any, like, like didn't take a ton of supplements and amazing results you know not to say that you shouldn't take any other supplements but you know i think you know you can really get incredible results from doing the basic things um well and again yeah yeah. Mm. and my philosophy with anybody is literally you do the least that you want to get the most meaning totally sometimes you don't need to do everything maybe you you need to do a handful of things right you know and so look we want to do the least amount and get to get the most out of this and if if we do the least amount but then we don't get anywhere then we have to do more so yeah. it's always a reevaluation. Like we, all right, this is this is what we're going to try. These five things. We're going to try those. Yeah. We're going to see how far you get. Okay, are we are we where you want yet? No. Mm. Okay, so then we're going to try this and this and this and mm. add things in as you need them. Some people mm. don't 
have to do all these things. They sure, mm. they, they just don't, especially certainly if you're younger, um, you mm. can get somebody younger that's regulated usually on food in itself. So mm. that, that is part of like in finding where you're at. Now, if you're older, yeah, sometimes it takes a little more work, a little bit more time and mm. a little bit more consistency, diligent, consistent, right? All of those things have to start happening, which can be harder as you get older, but um, you know, perimenopausal, 50, 60 year old women can certainly get better if they are consistent, right? Totally. I've seen it happen. Hundreds of women in our program have like, I've got loads of testimonials where I've interviewed women, menopausal women, and they've all improved all their symptoms and got stronger and lost body fat. But like you say, it takes like, they're all consistent, not perfect, obviously, but they're really consistent. And so it actually really sounds like Kate, that all of the things that you're recommending are the same things that you recommend that everyone should do. So it's not like there's, you know, you go, you know, like it's still the same principles. It, it, again, exactly the same principles, except maybe wherever you are at in your mm. symptoms, you know, there might be certain strategies mm. to kind of get you through those, right? So mm. like, again, we don't throw everything in the kitchen sink at somebody, especially if they're having a ton of perimenopausal, menopausal symptoms, mm. but certainly... I would say, hey, high nutrient-rich foods need to be a priority, along with eating enough easy-to-digest carbohydrates, balancing that blood sugar. Because Mm. again, we know you're going to experience hot flashes when you have some hormonal stress hormone irregularities. That's when they're going to show up. That's when I'm Mm. like, hey, when you feel crappy, when you're stressed and you don't eat, that's when you're going to get most of your hot flashes. So Mm. we got to make sure that you're provided for having enough carbohydrate sugars, balanced with enough protein. That's another thing that women don't do a lot of is getting Mm. enough easy, digestible, quality animal protein in their diet, which is super Mm. important. Usually, you know, 80 to 120 grams is kind of where the minimum is with most people around that range for women. But, you know, that's where food logging comes in. So you can kind of see how much you are consuming. Those are pretty big um, things that I would certainly address initially dietarily. And of course, I think you always make a good point of, yeah, at any age, as soon as your health improves, adding some strength training in, um, mm-hmm. even if you're 40 or 50, you know, even though we know our prime years for building muscles are usually 30, 20, 30, 40, um, mm-hmm. and it starts kind of getting a little more challenging, but it, you can still improve and you mm-hmm. want more muscle tissue as you get older, because mm-hmm. again, as we get more stress, what happens? Our muscle gets broken down. And that's why you see people with metabolic syndrome or diabetes or whatever that's kind of the end product of a system that's overly stressed. And what do you see? You usually have a kind of a big middle area with thin limbs because the stress cycle has broken a lot of their tissue down. And Mm. so they have less muscle and and that's not something, you know, you want more muscle when you're older, Mm. a just Mm. for stability and strength and movement. And because it also produces its own testosterone. So Mm -hmm. those things are important for the youth. And so, you know, women need to kind of, in some level, it's like, look, you need strength training. Shouldn't be a matter of, I don't like it. It's not built. No, mm -mm. you want health. You need to find a way to incorporate it into your workout session, right? It doesn't have to be an hour or, you know, it can be 20 minutes, three times a week, whatever that looks like to you, but we need Mm. to create some resistance on your system to either at least maintain your muscle tissue or to try to grow it. Mm. And I think, you know, like that's, like a lot of the women that come into our program, you know, they're either women that are sort of 40s and 50s. So they've either got older kids. Some of them have younger kids, but, you know, they're busy and the three times a week, three to four times a week really works for them. And, um, you know, like, 
it's funny. I get messages on um, Instagram often, you know, Kitty, is your program going to work if I don't lift, want to lift heavy weights? And I'm like, well, it's not like we bring you in and make you deadlift 100 kilos. <laughs> you know, like if you want to build muscle, you need progressive overload, but it's we start you where you're at. So if you've never done any strength training, you just start to learn by learning the basic movement patterns, doing some hinge movements, you know, like there might be some mobility work and then we build you up gradually from there because obviously you can't go from doing nothing to I'm going to go 100 miles an hour. Yeah, you can't, li- you can't lift like Kitty like <laughs> overnight, right? I'm yeah. Like, like Kitty's time. like trained five, six, seven, ten years to get to where she is. It's not going to happen, right? But yeah. you have to start somewhere and again, yeah. You know, again, we're always having to look, look, we're going to do the minimum to get the maximum. Mm. If you get feet, if you're just doing body weight exercises and you're good and you're happy, feel strong. Cool. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's good. Right. That's where we're at. Um, but maybe you want more, maybe whatever that looks like. It's mm. always a question of, are you where you want to be? And if not, then we need to do a little bit more. What does that look like? Mm. And, you know, I've seen, you know, cause it can be intimidating. I think, you know, like when I very first started lifting, I looked at these women lifting these big, like lifting heavy weights to me, obviously thinking, Oh, you know, like you can't imagine yourself doing that, but you know, I've seen many, so many women come into our program. Um, I'm just thinking of this lady up top of my head, Irene, she's like 54. She had no experience lifting. Um, and you know, now she's deadlifting over her body weight, you know, and she couldn't even deadlift when she started. So, you know, what amazing progress. I think it's just about starting learning the movements and then just very gradually over time you increase the weight. Um, And, you know, like you say, as your body gets more resilient, like you build that metabolic foundation and you're eating more, then you can train harder. What's up, buddy? (laughs) He says, I agree. That's a really great strategy. Um, But, yeah, I think it, like, don't, like, I don't know, and I've done this before, I think don't rush ahead, you know, like just go, don't compare yourself to others. You're on your own journey. Like I always think about what's right in front of me. How do I just make a little bit of progress? I don't care what anyone else is doing. And then if you just do that every day and put one foot in front of the other, like in a year's time, you're like, wow, look at all this progress I've made, you know? It's exactly what it's like, you know, as you always say, you you build the house, right? You, yeah. you first put in the foundation. You don't put the roof on. Yeah. <laughs> First, you, you build the foundation and then you slowly start developing, right? And mm. then, you know, you won't put a well on until you basically put a whatever the. Yeah, yeah. What do we need to do before? Whatever, the, the, whatever the they call these things. Yeah, the frame. The Thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's been a bit. Right. But it, you, you have to do it in these stages, right? And mm. then, then when you put the frame up, it's able to support the wall. And that's just kind of how this diets work or how this mm. philosophy works. You, you start working in layers. And mm. then as you uh, get to the new layer, you can actually add things in and mm. you get to the point where you become resilient and all these things on that are additional, like working out and so forth, they actually will help you and become more resilient because your body mm. likes these additional stressors. That's how it grows. It mm. just doesn't like them when you don't have enough fuel, energy, nutrients to support it. And that's when the, the system starts crumbling down or utilizing, again, other resources to try to do this thing that's going to make you better, but usually mm. breaking something else in, in the process. Mm. I think too, like you've got to take this time, like, uh, you know, I think there's a fine balance between, I'm just trying to think about what I'm trying to say, like holding yourself accountable and also like being kind to yourself. You know, there's, there's a lot, there's a fine line, I think, cause you know, you obviously want to be committed to the process and embrace the failure, but keep making changes. Cause I think there's you know, some women, 
they, they're like, why isn't my body changing yet? But they're just not realistic with the time that it's going to take or they're not doing the basics consistently. So their, you know, expectations of what they should be achieving don't really align with what they're actually doing. Um, and, you know, I think if you just, because it's like this is, not going to stop like you're not going to get to where you want to be and then all of a sudden like you talked about before go back to your shitty habits it's a it's a lifestyle it's a way of living um you know you've got to keep it up you can't just go okay I'm going to get to where I want to be and then I'm just going to go back to drinking heaps of alcohol and skipping meals and you know <laughs> not eating my liver delivering liver and oysters and just take that pressure off yourself and go just going to show up every day and try and be a bit better and like you say build on that and you know you might go I'm going to eat eat breakfast in the carrot salad every day this week and nail that. And then you go, okay, cool. I'm going to make sure I'm eating a snack in between meals. And if you just gradually build that and build the habits, eventually you're like, wow, I'm doing all these things consistently, feeling better. Your body will start changing if you get, you know, if you get stronger. Um, but yeah, I just, and pat yourself on the back sometimes or well, all the time. You should pat yourself on the back every day if you do good stuff, you know, like, wow, I did, I was really consistent for a week. Good work. <laughs> you know, be, be yeah. I 100% agree. And all those things play a role, you know, and as you get older as a woman, you know, I think that women are very hard on themselves. I think they put a lot on their plate. I think that there's, they're on 17 different directions. And then in, in that they're supposed to also look amazing, be thin, all of this. And it's just not really, it, it usually just can't happen. Something's going to break at mm. some point. Right. And so the, the women I see kind of do it all and they do look thin, then you start to see they're having other health issues. Maybe you can't mm. see, but mm. they are there. And so, mm. you know, you have to be supported. And if you're in a lot of stress and you're going through menopause, perimenopause, then, you know, weight loss is not going to be the best thing for you at that point in time. You've got to get mm. through whatever stressors there are. So your body is supported. If not, mm. you try to lose weight in these very sensitive times, usually it's going to backfire on you. If not right mm. then and there, mm. you know, certainly you can lose weight like that in these periods of time, but usually it's going to backfire. Your, your body's going to become even kind of more taxed, you know, more hypothyroid, more estrogen dominant. And, and then the next time you try, it's like 20 times harder. And so mm. you got to get the system running and regulating properly first. Mm. And then we can kind of address all those things. I think too, and I don't really know how to articulate this, but you know, like women, oh, I think we've all been there too. It's like, you really want to look a certain way. And I think if you do you know, because there's women that we know in the pro, pro, like like me, like I'm pretty muscular and, you know, I'm not super lean, but I maintain a leaner physique, um, you know, and there's other people out there too. But you have your life, you can train more and do more, but you have to, is your life set up to, to do that? Like, are you recovering? Are you able to get your eight hours sleep every night? Are you getting your, is your nutrition on point? Is your stress, you know, relatively low? You know, I think, Sometimes women go, oh, I want to look like this person, but they're like, well, you don't really know, understand how much work, when I say work, you know, dedication to training, it is work, yeah. you know, dedication yeah, to it's a it's a discipline. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a total discipline. Yeah. Sure. And, you know, like don't not drinking very much, you know, making sure you really eat consistently and, you know, maybe you don't do track your food or don't track your food. But it's like sometimes I think do you, it's like it, to look like this and be healthy, you have to live a certain way. And it's like, do you really want to live like that? 
Like sometimes I think it's like, do you really want to look like that? Why don't you just focus on getting healthy and getting stronger and feeling happier in yourself? Like I think, I don't know, like I find a lot of women come into this and they have these ideas about how they want to look and then they come out in this in-between and they're actually happier because they're like, look, I don't want to commit that much time and effort to look like that. You know, I'm just happy going, I'm, I'm healthy now, I'm strength training, you know, I've lost some body fat, you know, I'm sleeping through the night you know, I'm happy. I'm ha- I've got a good balance. I don't know. Does that even make sense? No, I, I think it's just basically appreciating wherever you're at. Right. And, mm. and I think having, like, I don't like believe in expectations. I think expectations mm. always get you disappointed. You know, you can have goals and I think you should just basically know if you have goals to, to do your daily things. I think that's mm. totally healthy when you have all these expectations of what it's supposed to be like, or what it should mm. be. Um, we're always usually pretty disappointed because it's not what our future thinking should is thinking it is. So mm. it, it keeps us from living in the present. And mm. so I think just be in your space, know what you need to do, focus on that and try to be happy in that space. Right. It doesn't mm. mean you have to say, Oh, I don't, you know, what if I don't want to be 30 pounds heavier? I don't want to be happy. Mm. I'm like, <laughs> it's not saying you, you can still have a goal of improving, but mm. if you can find happiness in that space and be okay and live in that in a, in a space of present abundance or whatever, it, I assure you, it's going to be so much easier to get wherever you want to go. Um, mm. That is a huge part of getting through, you know. And again, you know, what certainly what we see, what I see as women is that they are so hard on themselves, love to beat themselves up, talk to themselves horribly. And I'm like, look, you, you, you really need the support right now on so many different levels. And so, mm-hmm. and we, we want to support you, not even nutritionally, but also you being super, super kind to yourself. Um, mm. But, you know, I'm hoping all that is shifting in today's world, you know, mm. at least right now. And then that's going to be a, a different dialogue. But, you know, we're living in a very stressful time. I, think, oh, I don't no. think we realize how much is. is taxing you. And, and it's, it, it is, and it's, it's not going away. We all thought that this would go away, but it's mm. the, the, the dynamics of what's happening is just ch- changing and different stressors mm. are reappearing, especially, you know, you guys are having different things than we are, and, um, mm. you know, so you start to wonder, <laughs> you, you got to learn to kind of give yourself breaks during all of this. Yeah. So true. Actually, one more thing that you, um, just remind me of that we didn't touch on is you know you talked about that we talked about training and the benefit that you know strength training do some strength training what about cardio you know like a lot of women that come into our program they've just been running and doing heaps of hit and boot camps and what about cardio uh well cardio is definitely a an adaptive like to get better at cardio your body has to adapt it usually has to adapt by actually slowing metabolic rate down. I think the longer you do cardio, the more you do cardio, your body's starting, it wants to become more efficient. It wants mm-hmm. to be able to do more without re- consuming huge amounts of fuel to get through your cardio workout. So it's certainly not very beneficial unless you want to slow your metabolism down. I mean, it, certainly if you love cardio and you love running, that's your thing and it makes you happy. Um, cool. I mean, but you need to be healthy to do that and you need to be properly supported with enough nutrition. You know, women are infamous for just doing tons of cardio and not eating. And that's why you see them later in their 30s, 40s and 50s as they start having hormonal shifts is they get osteoporosis and they get bone breakdowns because they're stressing the crap out of their system, um, not supporting it nutritionally, 
And when that happens, you are going to, you know, have not only cortisol adrenaline, but you also have other hormones like parathyroid hormone or prolactin start to elevate, which can start pulling calcium from the bone. And of course, those same women usually aren't eating any dairy products. So you'll start having all sorts of gnarly things. So, you know, I don't like to say something's good or bad. Doing tons of cardio is certainly normally not going to benefit you in a place of healing. Um, if you like to go walk, you know, if you want to get outside and do a walk with your dog or in the sun, or some people just like to do a certain amount of steps every day, I think that can be helpful. Um, you don't want to just sit, you know, we're not meant yeah, to do yeah. that either, but if your body is really taxed, then we have to find places that isn't going to keep taxing it. Now, sometimes a walk in nature can be quite soothing and beneficial. Should you fast walk for four months? hours no <laughs> you know you need to find what will work for you and help you and i think you know that that's where it comes down to um you know you kind of really need to check in with yourself like how's this mm. making me feel and if you if you don't know like so a lot of people don't they're like i don't mm. know i don't know if i feel good i don't know i go okay then let's use some markers right mm. did your temperature and pulse drop after that workout um you know did you sleep well that night you know mm. how do you feel the rest of your day um so if you're those things are temp and pulse are dropping post-workout and you have a crappy night's sleep, or maybe you had more hot flashes. Okay. Th that wasn't a good workout for you. Right. Or mm -hmm. you weren't properly fueled. So again, we always need to make sure we have enough fuel and nutrients to support us through whatever stress we're placing upon ourselves. Mm. You know, and even, you know, heavy lifting is certainly very stressful, super taxing. You need mm. to be healthy to do a heavy a lifting session, right? Mm. There's plenty of benefit though, because you're going to get muscle growth. Mm. Um, cardio doesn't give you that benefit normally. It's normally breakdown. You will get more cardiovascularly fit per se, meaning you can run longer without fueling yourself or, you know, your heart rate doesn't go up as much, but you're becoming more aerobically fit, which usually translates to, lower metabolism mm. yeah like we've got a bit of a range of clients in our program like just just one that like come off the top of my head she does um like competitive rowing i think it's rowing craig was talking about it yesterday she's awesome and um you know she does her three days a week training and you know craig just um uh like her program changes when she, you know she's amping up her other training into her meats because obviously you know you can only put so much demand on the body but she's really super diligent with her food you know and her recovery and her kids are a bit older so you know she's sleeping through the night um yeah. so yeah and you know maybe sometimes it might be with women that they might just have to dial it back a bit to start with while they're improving things and then as they you know they work on that foundation things get better they might find oh, okay i can do a bit more um, yeah. and I, and I feel fine, you know, I, I really love, I've never really loved, well, I mean, back in the day I ran and ran and ran, but I don't think I loved it. I just did it cause I thought I needed to do it to be skinny, but I love walking like Craig and I, it's just so nice to get out in the sun. Craig yeah. likes getting on his bike, his stationary bike. Sometimes I don't really like it. I just like to walk cause it's nice to get out in nature, but I think the movement is really key. Like I find it helps with recovery you get out, being out in nature and sunshine's amazing. Yeah. Um, Your brain likes all that. Being in nature is very soothing. You know, we know that being in nature helps with things like depression. And, mm. and so there's so many benefits. You just mm. don't want to overdo it. I mean, I mm. started working with a woman who was literally walking five hours a day. And five I know, hours? Five hours a day. That's like, half, um, that, that's crazy. Yeah. It, yeah, a little bit. And um, yes. And, it, you know, and, and it was for, you know, we'll, we'll, I won't get into the details of all of it. Mm. But yeah, I mean, that's, 
an excessive amount. That's, that's mm. too much. There's, there's <laughs> again, can, if you want to go on a hike for a day and do a five hour hike and you're properly fed and you're eating and so forth, can you do it? Absolutely. Right. Mm. I think you should do all these things. Should you do it every single day and not be eating? No. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so it, it everything, it, like I said, is if you are properly support, supported, right. Mm. You can pull, if you have, if you're constantly making deposits into your bank account and you mm. want to go and, and buy something big, you can do it. But if you're constantly mm. using your credit card and just running up debt after debt after debt after debt, you're not going to be very financially healthy. Same thing mm. kind of with your, your, your body and your health. You're constantly mm. pulling and making deposits and exercising and stressing and not putting stuff in. Then I'm sorry, if you're taking withdrawals and not putting deposits in, then mm. you are going to be, have, start having issues, right? It's mm. just that balance. And when you mm. learn to do that and when you learn to support yourself, you can do whatever you want. That's what I like. Do whatever you want as long as you're supported. If you're not, yeah. you'll know. And that is so key, isn't it? It's knowing when to push and when, like, to give your body that break. And I think that's what I've become so much better at was before it would just be push, 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 always train, always go hard. Whereas now I'm like, okay, like if I'm feeling stressed or something's happened or I didn't have a good night's sleep or I didn't recover from training, I'll be like, I'm just going to take another day. You know, yep. I'm just going to have this, or some, some Sunday, I'll just be like, I just feel like, I don't know, like watching, just doing nothing, laying, watching a movie and just taking some time out, you know, just having, just resting. And, you know, it's like Craig and I, we did a podcast yesterday, we release, we'll all be released for this one release that talking about like, cause I had so many messages from women saying, um, can I just tone up doing yoga and like walking and running? Like I've just had a heap of messages recently. So we just recorded a podcast on it and Craig talked about, you know, like women sometimes, you know, he'll go through stages where they work on eating in excess calories in a surplus and they'll build muscle, build muscle, and then they might do a fat loss phase. And there's certain markers that, you know, like biomarkers or health markers that he'll look at and go, well, you need to have, you know, relatively good temps and pulses. Your sleep needs to be good. No cycle issues before we do a fat loss phase. And one of the things he really hammers home with him too is what's the rest of your life like right now? Are you experiencing stress with work? What's happening with the kids? Is it a relatively stress-free period? Because he said, you know, that really affects people. And I think people forget about that. Like there's obviously all the other stresses we talk about um, and that can really, you know, if they're not sleeping because they're stressed out because their boss has been an asshole or something, you know, it's probably not a good time to do a fat loss phase. <laughs> That's exactly right, right? You need to support yourself through that stress time with mm. enough calories, nutrition, and so forth. I mean, so it's a constant balance. And again, you can lose weight that way. Certainly you can mm. stress the crap out of yourself and you will lose weight, but mm. it usually will start coming at a price. So mm. if there's, you know, it, again, it can be utilized. And, and I think you can use even the calorie depletion or, you know, an increase in exercise load or whatever to try to initiate that fat loss. And you can do it for those short cycles. And I think mm. as long as you're doing everything else, it's totally mm. healthy. Mm. Um, but again, if you're having tons of going back perimenopausal, menopausal symptoms, you know, we, yeah, we got to kind of alleviate those first. Yeah. Build the base, build the foundation. Exactly. Yeah. Stop trying to cut calories all the time. Stay at maintenance for a while, build the foundation. And then when it's strong and you've built some muscle, and, and, you know, like a lot of the women that come to our program, because they're new, new lifters, you know, like they don't even have to do that. They just, you know, like I was talking to Debbie, this lady in our program, she's 46, two kids. She's down 13 kilos. 
just eating food, you know, improved her cycle. She had a really terrible cycle when she started and she's just gradually gotten stronger and like recomped her body. You know, obviously she's lost weight too. She's lost a lot of body fat, but you know, she hasn't had to go through that. Oh, we're going to eat at maintenance and build muscle and then do a fat loss phase. Cause she's new, new to lifting. So yeah, like I say, everyone's different, right? Like everyone has a different story, different background, different stresses. So it's like, you can't go, well, why is that working for them? You know, I think that's sometimes what people can do. Yeah, I like, think, yeah, the whole comparison factor doesn't hmm. usually work well. And so yeah. you need to focus on your stuff. I mean, for just for every person that you compare yourself to that thinks they're doing better, there's somebody else comparing them to yeah. you and yeah. thinking that you're doing better. So yeah. it, it's like a non-effective way to, you know, it's a great way to just mess with your own head. Mm. And yes, it's hard sometimes when you're like, well, how does that person have that happen? And I've been doing this mm. and I'm like, I go, look, all right, you got to go down the list and see if you have everything else in check. Mm. Um, but we need to just focus on you, your system. Not everybody is at the same place, so they're not going to get maybe a good result quick. You could take a little bit longer. So, mm. you know, again, it's being present, being with yourself, mm. worrying about yourself, doing the right things and, you know, you will get results. Mm. I think that's it. I think we've probably covered everything. I don't know if there's any other one thing I hear a lot of people talk about magnesium, you know, women supplementing with magnesium. What do you think about that? Um, I'm not opposed to people certainly using magnesium. Um, you know, I think magnesium is it's kind of a hot topic these days. Certainly there's, I mean, magnesium is a very important mineral. It's in, you know, involved in hundreds, I don't know if thousands of metabolic processes. So your body definitely needs it. Certainly when you're stressed, your body will lose magnesium. And so, uh, getting out of stress and up in consuming other supportive, uh, uh, minerals like salt can help you retain and sugar can help you mm. retain magnesium. So essentially getting the body out of stress, properly supporting it, you, you shouldn't need as much magnesium. Mm. Um, but it seems to be a supplement that I think you can utilize quite safely. Certainly if it's, I think a lot of people use it for having a bowel movement. Mm. Um, and again, I'm, a, I'm all about, look, if you can't have a bowel movement without taking it right now, then take it. Cause I'd mm -hmm. rather you have a bowel movement than, uh, than give up your magnesium. But, um, you sh the, the goal should always be to try to get the body in a place where it's under less stress that you mm. don't have to constantly be supplementing. You know, again, you can use a magnesium powder or magnesium mm. oil spray or, uh, Epsom salt baths. Any of those can be beneficial. Mm. Um, but I think the bottom line is it shouldn't just be throwing a supplement at your system. It's, Hey, we need to address the entire diet, making mm. sure you get enough fuel working on all these other things. And then it's still, again, if you still need it, we can utilize it until we kind of work on those other things. Mm. Awesome. Well, there you go. Ladies, perimenopause, menopause. There you've got, there you've got it. <laughs> Hopefully that helps people to, mm. to, yeah, get a grasp on, you know, there is a bigger picture. I think we like to isolate everything and go, well, what about this? And I'm like, Hey, it's, it's a similar thing that's just happening, you know, through a cycle of time um, mm. that can all be supported with the right kind of nutrition. Mm. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Kate. Yay, we made it through. No interruptions. This is a good spot for the internet. This will be my yeah. spot now, as long as I don't do it like between, I think, 10, 9.30 to 10.30. That's when the sun, I have to, you know, move in and out of the body. <laughs> right. Kitty has moved like six times I... since we've talked today. Like literally, I'm like, oh. where are you going now? 
Yeah. Now the sun's oh, probably on the down, that down spits now. So I think, yeah, I've got to either do it early or like at 9, 30, 10. So uh, thanks again, Kate. Yeah. As always, it's so awesome. Always a pleasure. Always awesome. good to see you, chat with I know. you. Have a chat. Next time yes. we'll have our dog, Henry. I'll be able to show you Henry. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. We pick him up next Our- week on Wednesday, which is exciting. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully we're, we'll do a little chat with uh, Dr. Pete about hormones. So that will yeah. be exciting to do soon. Yeah, I'll follow, I'll follow him up now. But, uh, yeah, thanks again, and I'll, um, I'll chat to you next time. Sounds good. Uh-huh.